Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. All right, Farrell on the bench back with you uh, as we uh, get into hour number two. I'm talking to Rick Carl. Uh, I just have a couple minutes here, Rick. Uh, how will the TV networks handle all the bevy of sports that are going to come back kind of cascading in a flood-type situation? Well, the programming guys are going to get a little upset because there's going to be conflict among what's the best and what's not. They may take some of the primetime stuff because, remember, the production schedule for primetime networks for all the normal comedies and all – has been on hold because of the virus, so why not show live sporting events without crowds? The issue has gone from having no live sports, as we said, to live sports almost 24-7. You bet on it, you, you make money on it, you have fantasy, eSports, and also sponsors are going to spend a lot of money on sports. And don't forget, whether we like it or not, we got the political elections coming up, so those pesky ads are going to put more money in TV's pockets as well. So what is that? Uh, what do you think the pandemic has meant for athlete? Uh, you know, in terms of marketing that landscape, uh, not good. Uh, although some, I'll tell you, some would rise above it. And uh, guys like Michael Jordan, he's an athlete, right? And look at what he just did. We caught, we talked about that before. Uh, LeBron has had some issues as well. We do our Power Sports Five. We'll do that every week as well with you. But. You know, some of the people like P.K. Subban, $50,000 to charity, a lot of Black Lives Matters stuff, NBA players taking to the streets, uh, Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, giving money. Colin Kaepernick, by the way, offers to pay lawyers uh, in the Minnesota protest as well. So bottom line is this is a very turbulent time, and all the more reason why the $1.3 trillion business of sports gets explained as much as possible. All right, so uh, when we come back, we'll wrap it up with Rick. I want to talk to him about a couple more things. I know I'm past his bedtime, but things kind of got uh, shoved back here, uh, and, and we had to kind of start over. So now that we seem to be back on the rails after I lost my arm and all my teeth, uh, it appears that we'll be able to finish uh, the interview. I want to ask him about Augusta. They're buying up all this land. I wonder if they, like, force people to be homeless while they're uh, doing all of their business endeavors. It's Pharrell on a bench on SB Nation Radio at Sports. Byline. 
Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We're going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Pharrell with you. Uh, finally, I want to uh, spend this last uh, shot with Rick Harrow uh, talking about uh, everything that we do on the 15 to watch the 5 and 5. Uh, all the biggest sports business uh, news, legal stuff, anything to do with sports, we do with Rick Harrow uh, from Harvard. And Rick, I was talking about Augusta National. When they buy up all the land and all the acreage and uh, they're buying uh, literally, I mean, this was very interesting, I thought, the uh, type types of, of things that they um, that they've purchased, right? Like a shopping center across the street from the Washington Road uh, northwest border. Uh, they've also, uh, am I wrong? So now they're up to uh, 110 acres over the last 20 years that they've been buying stuff. Uh, Jamestown neighborhood on the southwest side for a couple million dollars. Other homes in the West Terrace neighborhood. They bought a Wendy's. What do they? Uh, what do they do? Like, tell me the truth. Do they? Uh, they buy these people out and 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 they all take the money and run uh or are they uh, literally buying them out and and you know wishing them good luck uh you're on your own well they're buying them out and they're attempting to give them a fair price literally i mean they don't have the power to take property but they have the power to create a museum kind of like the way bobby jones probably would have wanted it now you've been there you know that the uh, area across Washington Road is the jewelry shops, the kind of strip mall. That's where John Daly hangs out with his Hooters truck all the time. So right. they need to jazz it up a little bit and make it a kind of museum to a amazing institution. And so uh, when you buy a Wendy's for $6 million, you're buying it because you're not going to go into the hamburger business. You're doing it because you want to buy as much property as you possibly can to make the experience as good as, as you possibly can for, uh, let's call them the patrons, right? Because that's what Augusta National wants them called, the patrons. Have they ever uh, thought about adding, like, uh, you know how, like, uh, they have all these golf meccas where, like, you know, PGA National, where you live, there's, like, what, five or six courses. Uh, They have tracks like that all over the world where they buy up land and they build golf courses. Have they thought about doing that, or is this strictly for fans and, and hospitality tents and business? Strictly for hospitality tents, parking, business. Every time I'm there, I, it ceases uh, to amaze me now the improvements that they've made over the you know 150 acres and more. 
Uh, they don't have enough acres to build hotels. I'm not sure they'd want to do that either, including multiple courses. Can you imagine building another course next to Augusta National and being part of the process? Well, that's nice, but it's not their brand. They've got that part three course. It's an incredible event, especially when the Azaleas are there. I can't wait, by the way, for the Masters to be in mid-November. Uh, I'm predicting an 18-inch snowfall record for Georgia, and it freezes everybody out. How about that? Let's predict that now. Rick, let's uh, try to not ruin the uh, – we've already lost one Masters. Can we not ruin Thanksgiving and, and everyone's holidays with more yeah, natural right. disasters? Right. And You know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. you're the one with – I'll, I'll take it back. Don't you have like catfish in your front yard and there's been natural disasters and now you're what's happened is you have natural disaster fever and you're you're spewing your rhetoric onto others to have the same misfortune when it comes to natural disasters here. I have no idea what you're doing, but it's scaring children. They're trying to go to bed and, and you know, read a good book before bed. Let me ask you this question. Golf this week. Before we get into the colonial, tell me uh, real quick. What um, these, you know, initiatives are to have like all these other tours, the Corn Ferry Tour and this these PGA University where they're developing all these different, um, you know, groups. Yeah, here's what we're trying to do. They return to play this week, obviously. And they're also haven't been sitting, have not been sitting around for the last three months. Uh, they've created this PGA Tour University. It'll reward elite collegiate play with automatic varying passes into the respective tours. The Corn Ferry, as we said, some of the other tours. And Jay Monahan, the commissioner, basically says that if you play well at certain levels, you ought to be able to play on the tour through our qualifying system. The executive director of that tour says, look, we don't have a draft like other sports leagues. This is the way we can do some teaching as well. So in addition to bringing golf back to the masses, PGA Tour is doing other stuff too. So what do you think of them finally uh, coming back to play? I think it's great, man. And I also think the idea of having uh, no crowds is less relevant in golf, uh, except at the Ryder Cup. We need crowds at the Ryder Cup. We'll have until late September to think about that. Uh, I understand everybody wants the thrills of hearing cheers and boos for shots, but we got to get over that because I understand that the televising of it is going to be even more player-centric, which means there are going to be a lot of better camera angles that you're allowed to see because you don't have the crowd. So we're going to be seeing more golf, more quality golf, more types of golf shots. And, of course, as we know with this network, more opportunity to bet than ever before. And that's what's happening with all these TV sports without fans. Let's remember that the gambling piece, while years ago – there was a lot of disdain about it. It's really, really, really more important now than it ever has been. So uh, what do you think of all this uh, the people piping in noise? Uh, they're talking about it, remote cheering apps, uh, boosting atmospheres in Japan. Uh, obviously, they're going to have this problem in the States with sports, aren't they? I think it's cool. So this is not fake noise. Remember a few years ago, Augusta National got in trouble because they uh, piped in a bird on television that like only lived in Antarctica. I, I don't know what happened, but uh, clearly it, it, it's, not, it's not happening now. Uh, this is not a fake noise system. Uh, the Japanese soccer league, the J-League, has 58 teams, and they're testing something called the remote cheerer system. Only in Japan would they come up with that name. Uh, and Yamaha created it. They're saying 
if you want to cheer and boo and you're a fan of the team, you have a special app on your phone and you can yell into it and that will create the noise. So it's not stadium crowd noise, it's television crowd noise pumped into the stadium. Listen, I'm not sure that works or not, but it's sure as heck better than having no sports on TV at all. What is the Facebook app uh, venue? What's that thing about? Yeah, well, it's one of those deals where they're trying to figure out how to have sports fans looking at their phones. NASCAR is starting its events. They're going to have viewers interacting with well-known personalities at the stadium, but more important, at the uh, uh, while they're while they're watching the event. So there's gambling, obviously. There's esports. Now there's interactivity with fans and celebrities during the events. NASCAR's excited about it through Facebook, and other sports will follow. So who do you think has been the most, uh, you know, boisterous in terms of uh, and involved and uh, participants in terms of uh, the protest? Do you think it's been NBA players or NFL players? Because they've certainly had uh, more magnified presence than anybody else. Well, listen, uh, a lot of the players have come to the uh, protest sites. Uh, Ennis Cantor, the outspoken Celtics center, drove 20 hours to join the crowds in Boston, along with his teammate Marcus Smart, uh, Dwight Powell, Justin Jackson, Jalen Brunson. The Mavericks did the same thing. Uh, team owner Mark Cuban attended a vigil. Uh, and obviously, there are players at Minnesota's, both the Lynx and the Timberwolves, who are very involved in what happened in the NBA and in Minneapolis. So that's happening. At the same time as we started the segment, the NFL and its players have put out some major statements. I don't know who's done more or who hasn't. The bottom line is this is a time where the power of sports is really coming through because you can see the athletes spending a lot more time and their own money to get involved as a, in a major social cause. So I got 20 seconds, respectfully. Uh, does Kaepernick uh, get a job uh, being a quarterback in the NFL again? Uh, Kaepernick may get an ambassador's job. He's the father of the movement. He's got a big deal with Nike, but he's been out for three and a half years. So you don't see him playing football? Well, what about Canadian football? I don't know. I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't know if he becomes now, the core of the yeah. franchise, certainly. Yeah, he's not playing. That guy is not playing anywhere else in any other league. He wasn't going to play in the XFL. He's not going to play in the CFL. There's only one place that Colin Kaepernick wants to work, and that's in the NFL. And he still thinks he can start in the NFL. Rick, great stuff tonight and today on uh, Sports Grid. Thanks for coming on for all on the bench tonight. We appreciate you. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.
All right, Pharrell on the bench with you on uh, SB Nation Radio, Sports Byline. Uh, obviously, the uh, show, we're going to be doing it every night, Monday through Friday, and uh, we're going to tape between 10 and 12 uh, East. That's when we uh, lay it down, right? And you can watch it on the Sports Grid YouTube page. Uh, and we've put that out in uh, ad nauseum on our social media, at Pharrell on Grid, at Scott Pharrell. It's F-E-R-R-A-L-L. So go on there, follow me. What's the problem? You know, follow Sports Grid, follow Sports Grid Radio on Twitter, all that. And then you'll be, like, you know, hooked up with everything. And you'll know, uh, you know, everything that's going on in terms of, Pharrell on the bench, Sports Ridge, uh, Bagels and Bad Beats, you know, so Marenzi, Scott Wetzel, all night long, we're on every night. It is what it is. Uh, and I think the easiest way to follow all that's going to be through our uh, social media, right? At Scott Pharrell, at Pharrell on Grid, at Sports Grid, at Sports Grid Radio, and you'll be golden. And uh, at Carver High, at On Air Mafia, those are ways to, I think, uh, legitimately follow what's going on and know the – uh, show and, and when we're on and when we're taping it and everything else. The number is 844-843-6879. I'm shocked that I was able to memorize that number tonight because I can't remember like five minutes ago. I know that uh, 25 minutes ago I was cussing and swearing and uh, my language was appalling and you would have enjoyed every minute of it if you got to see me actually uh, scream and yell and cuss and throw things, which is what I like to do. Like I saw uh, Brett Gardner today. They showed some old footage of the guy on the Yankees, the the speedy little uh, outfielder. And he got mad and he was like, he went into the dugout and he had smashed a bunch of things, bats, helmets, water coolers. Is there anything better than the, you know, player meltdowns when they, you know, snap, whether it's, uh, you know, in the dugout or on the sideline. Do you remember when, wasn't it Mafia when uh, OBJ, didn't he start throwing water coolers and, and such? Didn't he get all worked up and angry? The, uh, the, the practice net for the kicker. Didn't he marry the practice net? Well, yeah, that was his apology, uh, you know, a year later or so. So he, like, asked a kicking net to marry him on the sideline. He actually yeah, had he a romance. He did. You think that having a relationship with a kicking net can be uh you know a fluid relationship in terms of you know uh, getting everything you need out of a relationship in terms of love love making things of this nature do you think you can be uh, gratified both emotionally sexually lovingly knowingly do you believe that you could have that kind of a, a one-on-one with a, a kicking net absolutely not but then again neither could you with some of my exes so what's the difference it's true it's true. We've had all kinds of different exes, alcoholics, junkies, addicts, dealers, strippers, uh, gangsters, gang members, uh, tattoo artists, rock stars, uh, heavy metal musicians, uh, top 40 DJs, uh, waitresses, strippers. Did we mention strippers already? Uh, Hookers. Did we mention hookers? I think. Uh, do you remember the night mafia that we left work and uh, we were in the car and we were at a, a red light and barely out of uh, the village, literally maybe a, five blocks from the village. And we were up on the West side highway and we stopped at a light and we saw like a family of rats cross the street. Do you remember that? Yeah. I mean, there's very few places in New York that you can go, especially at the height of summer and night where you're not going to find a family of rats just randomly 
out and about. You remember when we used to park on like King and there's like, you know, when they had like garbage on the side streets and there would be like uh, when we'd get out of the car, you actually feared that when you put your foot down to like make the first steps or two or three, four, five, six, eight steps away from the car to walk toward work that you would be eaten uh, your ankles by giant rats. I always fear that, especially on the subway. I mean, it's like you said, in the summer, especially in the city, when they have like the the big piles of garbage all over that just reek because of how hot it is, it just draws out the rats because they, you know, get that waff of the smell and that's like perfume to them. So Mafia uh, likes to go down and, and listen to the uh, musicians play in the subways. He's a big fan of some of the, uh, you know, platinum uh, album selling musicians down in the subways of uh, New York city. Uh, is there like any place, bands. right? Is there any place worse on earth? Seriously, let's just get down to it. Like right there at Penn station underneath the arena down in the subway, in the bowels of the, you know, Long Island railroad, New Jersey transit and the New York, you know, uh, all the, the subways and trains and, and everything, Amtrak, all that that goes on down there with all the just absolute hell on earth. Is it not hell on earth? It absolutely Absolutely. You know, just the way that it, people are packed in there, it reeks. You get all the people that are, you know, playing. There's like five different bands playing at once and all different types of music. It's just insane. And then there's just people that just reek. There's just smelly, disgusting, repulsive garbage everywhere. It is just the worst place on earth. I just wanted to say that as opposed to when you're in the bubble in Orlando playing in the NBA and making tons of money and you're trapped in the bubble. Have you ever seen the commercial mafia where the kid is like uh, the family, the guy decides to put up a uh, a bubble around his house, like with the, you know, he's going to have like the snow globe around his house. Have you seen that one where the kid drives by to see the girl and he's like, mm. you know, I love you. And he's pounding on the globe and he's like, and the girl's like, let me out of the globe, daddy. Do you remember, have you seen that when the kid throws a newspaper and hits the glass and it bounces off and, and, and the family's trapped by the father that wants to live in a snow globe? Of course, we're like the father wants to live in the desert, but the wife still wants winter or something like that. Right. Yeah, one so of those they, ridiculous ones. Right. So do you feel that that's what the NBA bubble is going to be like? I do not. I, mean, I mean, how are these guys going to complain? Like, are they, they're worried about getting trapped. You're getting trapped at Disney World. Isn't that supposed to be the happiest place on Earth? No, it's not happy when you're not allowed to ride the rides. What could be worse than being in Orlando in a hotel and you're not allowed to like go to the bar and you're not allowed to go ride Space Mountain? Is there anything worse than that? Like in terms of a, I mean, pr pretty much like a death sentence. Like, you know, stay in your hotel. You're not allowed to go anywhere. You're not allowed to go to a fancy restaurant. You're not allowed to go to the park. You're not allowed to ride Space Mountain. You're not allowed to smoke weed. You're not allowed to drink. You're just allowed to see one family member. And what if they make you go like with a family member that you secretly despise? What if they like, you know, choose your wife and you don't like her to begin with? Then you're really in a bubble. You're really trapped. You got to make sure they bring the mysteries on the road then? Is that what it is? Yes. I think that if you had a, uh, you know, a chick that liked to drink shots and uh, that liked to, you know, skinny dip and do things, you know, go to the hot tub, things of this nature, I think it could be a more productive stay.
in terms of if all you have to do is play basketball, you need to have a release. I think you need to have fun at some uh, capacity. Like I told you the other day, Mafia, I went to play basketball. You didn't because you're a fat ass. And I went and played. And then I ended up tearing all my feet. All my toes are bleeding. So now I have multiple, um, you know, open, just complete raw toes, just bleeding pussy toes of just basketball shred foot. So like I hadn't played in three months. So I went out, I had double socks on and everything. I still wore an old pair of LeBrons that are just completely comfortable. There's not, they're not like new where you wear new shoes and you get blisters. These were, I haven't played in three months shoes. I put them on double the socks played outdoors on cement. I was only playing for about an hour and 15 hour and 20 minutes, five games. I won all five. I was George Gervin. No one could stop me. But then at about the hour, 10 minute mark, I noticed, you know, you always know when your toes are bleeding, right? You can feel the burn. You can feel the, the, the skin is ripped off. You can feel it in your, in your, you know, shoe. And I knew it was happening. I was like, time out. Hold on a second. I just want to move my foot a second. Cause I know my foot's gushing blood. And they're like, you're a wussy. And then they're like, finish the game. So then I won the game because the guy made me mad because it was like 10 all and we were playing at 12. So I iced him with a couple of buckets and said, can I take my shoe off now and take care of my bloody feet? And then I poured ice water on my bloody feet. And everyone was like, those are vicious cuts because they were gushing blood all over the place. And then I had a cut on my arm. So I went and played ball and I got bloody feet, bloody arm. And then, you know, I deserve, uh, I think, a stripper and a hot tub after all that. And you would disagree with that, Mafia? At least a hot tub, although I don't know if you want that in this heat. But, you know, I don't know about the stripper. Your wife now might agree with that one. At least maybe a rubdown from her, although I doubt she'd give you that. What about a cold tub? Have you ever gone like in the Caribbean? I remember I was in uh, I was in the DR in like Cabarete and they had a cold tub, you know, like the it's like a same thing as a hot tub, but it's ice cold. Have you ever been in one of those after you've uh, or like when you've gone to the spa, have you ever gone into a cold bath, ice cold water? Have you ever done that? Like a polar uh, bear I've tip? never done it in the bath. What I've done is uh, we used to have a pool in my parents' backyard when I was growing up. And it would never get really hot because it was never actually in the sun. So it would be freezing. So when I did like the two days for volleyball in like August and September before school started, I'd come in and right after practice without even, I'd just take off my shoes and just jump right in the pool with all my clothes just to cool off right away. You know, Mavi, I have to tell you, I'm a little concerned about the two a days for volleyball. Now, I know you're a great volleyball player and you played at a high level of very competitive uh, volleyball and you were a you know, overhead smash artist. Uh, you were like, uh, you know, just like on the beach, you'd go to the beach and play beach volleyball and you're a main draw. A lot of chicks are digging you. They're all yelling mafia and you're spiking the ball off people's faces and, and the like and getting sand in their eyes. And you're, you know, like Sid Vicious of the beach volleyball scene. But I wouldn't go around telling anyone <laughs> you had to go to volleyball two-a-days. <laughs> Is that right? They have a, they actually have a volleyball two-a-day practice.
All right, Pharrell with you. Uh, so anyway, uh, Mafia, you're going to admit that they had uh, volleyball two-a-days. Is that right? Yeah, we did in high school. Whenever we uh, you know, got before the season going, before school started, we practiced twice a day in August and get going and getting uh, back to you playing. Did you ever like like have a discussion with any of your teammates or maybe even an assistant coach? Because you might have been in fear of the head coach at that time, being a youngster and all. Did you ever have any you know conversations with anybody like, you know, it's not really that cool that we're doing volleyball two-a-days. Do you think maybe the coach could just have one really hard practice? Because we don't want to like go around telling people that we're going to volleyball two-a-days. Did you ever? No, I never had that conversation. You never had that one? Nope, never occurred. Come on, there had to, someone had to have said it at some point. No one ever. Nope, never. Liar, you liar. So anyway, Mafia, we were talking about hot tubs. Did you know I sent you a story for the show today? I never really got to it. That meat cleaver massages are the next big thing. Meat cleaver massages. What even is that? Okay, so what they do is they um. You lay on the uh, the massage table like it. Let's just say hypothetically you were at like Bob Kraft's place, right, where he went to uh, go to the massage before the game in Kansas City. You know, when he went to the rub and <laughs> and then, um, you know, so what happens is they bring out meat cleavers, like just complete meat hacksaws, like, you know, the meat knives. They cut through the bone. These things, they're evil. And, and oh, unholy. So you just completely imagine having someone, you know how they do those suction cup massages where they put the suction cup on your back, like 10 of them, and then you get these giant red circular marks on your back that you walk around with for like a week. Have you ever seen those? Yeah, I remember those. Okay, well, now they've taken it to a new level where have you seen them do acupuncture where they, they actually, uh, you know, stick you with needles, right? Right. So they do uh, acupuncture and make you, you know, stick needles in you. But they also have one now where they and I saw uh, Bourdain do it. They do uh, acupuncture where the chick will cut you with a a, like a, a knife, like a surgical knife, like scalpel. I kid you not. They cut a piece of you and then they put the suction cup over the cut. And then they and then they do it like 20 times on your back. So your entire back is draining of like blood all over the floor of the, you know, in this. And they do it in Russia. That's where they do this. And they cut you. Then they put the suction cup on you and then you like bleed out on the table. And then you're literally when you're done with your massage, you're like covered in blood. And it's like a horror movie. Have you ever seen it? No, I haven't. I hope I never do. Well, I'm telling you now the newest craze is meat cleaver massages. And what they do is they come out with a meat cleaver and they just start giving you like, uh, you know, chop, chop, like chop suey, like, and they're just hitting you with a meat cleaver and that sharp, you know, real just Sid Vicious sharp edge of that knife that's just been graded on a rock, just like ground down to sharpen. They could cut through an animal, like in the in the like safari. You could go out and like cut off a someone's leg or something with these knives. They're so sharp, and they hit you with it when they're massaging you. They massage you with a meat cleaver. Seen it all, mafia. You should have one of those massages after a volleyball two a day. Uh, Telling very you. disturbing. 
Also, I know that Mafia sent me a story today for the show about a doctor in Miami that is providing uh, drive-through Botox injections. Can you imagine Mafia sending your uh, girlfriend, your wife, your lover, your friend up to the drive-through like at the, you know, McDonald's and instead of getting a burger and fries, a guy leans out the window and shoots a needle in your face or in your lips and gives you uh, Botox. Can you imagine? Uh, would you go to such a place, a drive-through for Botox, Mafia, when you start aging and wrinkly face, and you need, uh, you know, sagging jowls, and they could inject you with Botox and stiffen your face out? Would you go to the drive-through Miami doctor that does injections right there at the window, like a McDonald's? Never once. I don't get what these crazy people are doing, sticking all these needles and, and you know, things in her face. It's nuts. So looters in Philadelphia ransacked a furniture store and they uh, stole everything in the store. Mafia sent me this story and they uh, literally stole everything in the store except one item. And I thought this was very clever. This is this is on par with Isaiah Ryder type stuff. A, Isaiah Ryder uh, played for the Atlanta Hawks at one time. We got off the Thrashers NHL team plane. We shared it with the Hawks. We get off the plane. I get off the plane. I take a few steps. I look in the parking lot. I'm like, look, Isaiah uh, Ryder's car is up on blocks. Someone has stolen his his wheels, his rims. And then the closer I got, I'm like, you know, holy shack, look, there's only there's one tire left on the car. So they stole three of his rims and left the other one. That's when, you know, people really hate you when they rob your car and only take three of the four tires. That's a problem. Same kind of thing here. These uh, people in in Philadelphia, they looted a furniture store and they and they le- they stole everything and they left one item in the store. And that was a Dallas Cowboys chair. Which is obvious because the Cowboys are one of the arch rivals of the Eagles. And they're in the division, right? The NFC. So being smart fans that they are, I mean, they boo Santa Claus, right? So what do they do? They rob a store and they steal everything. Sofas, beds, you name it. They stole everything. TVs, cabinets, dining room tables, you name it. Chairs, you know table ends, you name it, but they left the Cowboys chair in the, the, the only remaining item left when the Popo showed up was a Dallas Cowboy chair. I'm a little surprised that the cops didn't take it because we all know they're corrupt to begin with. Mafia, are you surprised? surprised that they're, didn't burn it. Like, would you think that the cops would at least try to steal the chair? Or were you surprised that they just left the chair in the store and nothing else? No, cops aren't going to take that in Philly. I think that's a beautiful thing that they left that just sitting there and 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 stole everything else. I, I think that takes guts. That's a real, I think, a real professional job by those thieves. I really believe that. Um, I don't know if you knew this or not. Did You you never talked to me about it, Mavi. What did you think when you saw that uh, Rache Caldwell, the former NFL wide receiver, I think he played with Brady for a minute, uh, but he was like a star at Florida, right? And he got, what did he get, murdered in, in Tampa over the weekend at 41 years old? Yeah, that's what they're saying. I don't think they have uh, necessarily suspects or anything yet from what I was reading earlier. I don't know if they've updated that, but yeah, at 41 years old, they said he, he's been uh, unfortunately killed. And, you know, a guy who struggled... Had a kind of a couple years in the NFL, never was a huge receiver. He had one good year with the Patriots, really, and then kind of got drummed out of the league, got into drugs and had some issues, but, you know, was trying to get his life back on track, allegedly, and unfortunately loses his life now at 41. 
Yeah, I didn't know anything about all of his uh, problems off of the uh, field. Like you're talking about, like drugs and such. I, I didn't know all that. I just knew that he was dead. And um, you know, it just sounds like a terrible story. Of uh, it just sounds like that is just not good. They had a, like a murder, the whole deal, and it happened in Tampa over the weekend. It just is not good. Uh, Bruce Lee, did you watch the doc Mafia? Did you? Uh, I I caught a, a a few bits and pieces of it. Uh, I did not watch it in its entirety. I did tape it. I watched probably a half hour of it. I was busy doing other things. But basically, what I got out of it, the the parts I saw really were about the racism that exists in Hollywood uh, toward uh, Asians. Yeah, I've not gotten to watch yet. It's on my DVR. I really want to check it out. But I just haven't gotten to put that on the TV just as a yet getting ready for the show today. But I'm looking forward to it because Bruce Lee was a badass. And, you know, if it's if that's what it's about, like you said, I you know, I kind of heard the same kind of thing. That's what the main focus seems to be. Then I guess no better time to have that than right now. Uh, so anyway, the uh, I, I am going to watch it. So Penske says that the Indy 5 will only run with fans. That's a great idea. I don't know if anyone would actually. I have been watching some of these Grand Prix, uh, like uh, iRacing, whatever, these uh, you know video game races that they've been having on with the Grand Prix stuff. I told you when I watched Monaco, I thought it was real. That's how uh, unbelievable it is. It's amazing how they uh, – it's so real, and the likeness of the uh, real race is amazing. But Scott Dixon did win the IndyCar opener at Texas Motor Speedway. Bubba Wallace, uh, he has been dealing with all the racism and everything in NASCAR his whole career. He's been standing up. He's been voicing it and, and basically saying that NASCAR – has done nothing uh, to deal with the racism that exists. And then NASCAR vowed to do a better job on racial injustice. We know Kevin Harvick uh, won in Atlanta. He beat my boy Truex. Uh, we talked about a lot of things today. Nike pledged $40 million over four years. Uh, Jordan, though, $100 million over 10 years. That's amazing what he did. We're still waiting to find out where the uh, NHL hub cities are going to be. Uh, you know that they named a new uh, president and CEO of the uh, Arizona Coyotes, uh, and I think it's great. Xavier Gutierrez, first Latino CEO and president of an NHL team, so that's a powerful move there in itself. And um, you know there's going to be fights tomorrow night, believe it or not. Tuesday night, Shakur Stevenson is fighting. Uh, top ranks got a, a card in Vegas tomorrow night. Believe me, you, if you can watch Stevenson fight tomorrow night, you're going to want to do it. He's a great fighter. Uh, he's really good. He's young, uh, 13 fights, whatever. He's undefeated. He's got a belt already. He's a champ. This is not a title fight that he uh, has on deck for uh, Tuesday night, but uh, he is very talented. Now, I'm not getting ahead of myself with all this talk about he's better than, uh, you know, he's the next Mayweather and everything else. I've heard all that I can take, but uh, everybody else is arguing about money. Masvidal, Conor McGregor, they're they're all threatening to quit. John Jones threatening to quit the UFC. Uh, Dana White saying, go ahead. You, you don't want to fight? Don't fight. You think you're going to get all this money for me? You're going to squeeze me? It's going to be the other way around. We're in charge. We're running this. You have no say. You're going to come back and get the money like you always do. Mafia, you don't believe for one minute Conor McGregor and Masvidal and Cejudo and Jones aren't going to fight again. Who are they kidding? No, of course they are. We've said, you know, once Cejudo retired and when these guys started talking about this, is all, you know, negotiating tactics. It's all the empty threats that they have because they can't say, hey, you know, if you don't do this, I'm going to go to somebody else. Dana owns their rights. If they want to fight, they have to do it with Dana White. 
So what he's going to do is, you know, give them the lowball offer, whatever offer he's giving them. And if they don't like it, the only threat they have is, well, I'm not going to fight ever again. And, you know, they're trying to get him to come back and say, well, wait, no, I'll give you this. And you know what? It's not going to work. So what do you think the biggest story of the night was? It's uh, Dalvin Cook now. Uh, he's going to be a holdout, right? For the Vikings, he said, I'm not playing. I'm not coming. I'm not showing up. I'm not doing anything unless you give me a bunch of money. So now the Vikings have that problem to deal with. Is that about right? That's the big story. He says he's not going to participate in any activity at all until he gets a fat deal. Is that basically what he said? That's what he's saying. And there's always a couple of them. So, you know, usually we don't get them this early. The ones that we'll get right now are the ones with the uh, the tag that they're still working on for the next month. Usually in July, you start hearing about people that are going to hold out. But he's getting on the bandwagon early there. And then uh, the Players Association of Baseball have rejected the league's 76-game proposal, but baseball is allegedly uh, likely to be played in 20, according to sources. Uh, we have felt, at least I have on this show, and we've talked about it even with uh, Bob Nightingale at USA Today on uh, repeated occasions, that uh, baseball will solve their war in the 11th hour. They are, uh, they're going to figure this out one way or the other. There's been a lot of posturing, a lot of BS, a lot of games played, a lot of lying, a lot of little uh, tricks uh, by both sides, the owners, the players, you name it. They've all been uh, lying to each other and, and all this. Uh, they're doing it in the in the public eye. They're doing it in the media. They're bringing their war to the public and seeing which side the public consumes. The reality is they know they can't lose this baseball season. They'll never recover from it. They've got to cut a deal. It's Pharrell on a bench. All right, Pharrell with you. So uh, just so you know, we'll be on every night. Uh, I'm going to do this show Monday through Friday night from here in New York. You can watch the show on the Sports Grid YouTube page. We put it out a bunch of times. Uh, I keep putting the link out, and all you have to do is, is subscribe to it free, and then you can watch the show on the YouTube channel, and then you can uh, call the show, 844-843-6879, uh, to talk to me. And then the show re-airs at 1 to 3 in the morning on SB Nation Radio, Sports Byline USA, Armed Forces Radio, Virgin Islands, et cetera, et cetera. And then it'll eventually uh, be on Sirius XM 211 as well. I don't know exactly all the dates and uh you know specs of of you know into perfection of exactly when it's going to be on and every single night and everything else on all these different uh networks i just know that it's all coming together it's all happening it is uh in front of us and we're doing it so here we are tonight we did it and we're going to start doing it every night so uh tell your friends spread the love uh get it out there on social media or whatever tell everyone you know you're uh, buddies, your lovers, your dealer, your lawyer, your milkman, whoever, the garbage man, tell them all. Pharrell on the bench is back on the radio late night at night. You can watch it uh, as we do it, 10 to 12, and then you can listen to it again, 1 to 3 in the morning if you're working late night or whatever. Uh, that'll be cool. I've seen this, um, uh, the mock draft change in one day three times. Now I'm seeing, I saw Wiseman as the number one pick. Then I saw Anthony Edwards would go if the Warriors got him. And now I'm seeing LaMelo Ball uh, will be the top pick uh, in the draft. So uh, we'll see if we can have that change every single day between now and when they finally have the NBA draft. We'll see you tomorrow on Coast to Coast on the TV side at 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern. 
And then, uh, again, Brown Events Radio Show at 10 o'clock Eastern at night. Again, here tonight and tomorrow on Sports Grid. Thanks, Mafia. We'll see you. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.